Church, 10 a.m. It's good to see you on this Sunday morning live streamers. Welcome. It's good to have you today. And if you're jumping online, wherever you are, and I know my son Ryan out in Idaho watches on Sundays and some of his friends, so it's good to uh, see all you today. Yeah, Lori's waving at you. You didn't see her right there. So it is good to have you this morning. So say hi to a couple people around you real quick, and I'm going to open with the psalm in just a second. But it is good to have you. I'll let you get settled in for just a moment. By the way, the kids are, the kids are with us for worship today. Then they'll be dismissed for, for their time in kids' church after that. So please, uh, uh, kids, be with your parents. Well, let me open them up with the psalm today. As a matter of fact, if you want to, you can stand up on your feet while I read this. Everybody, everybody jump up real quick. Psalm chapter 47. Let me read this to you today. Psalm 47 says, clap your hands, all peoples. Now, do you know that when you come to church, you're allowed to clap your hands? Yes. You know that. I just, want, I just want to make sure you knew that, all right? Make sure, yes, you can be awake this morning. Amen. Amen. Just, just thought I'd remind you about that. It actually says, then shout to God with loud songs of joy. You know you can be joyful today. Do you know that? Amen. All right, let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you had a tough week this week? Anybody? Yes, on Yeah, some people had a tough week. Let me tell you something. You can come to the house of the Lord at the midst of a tough week. And by the way, you know Sunday technically is the first day of the week, not Monday. You know that? And we come to the house of the Lord the week ended yesterday. You may have had a tough week, but you're going to start this week with the joy in the house of the Lord. Amen? says we can clap our hands we can shout to God it says this for the Lord most high is to be feared a great king over all the earth he subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet he chose our heritage for us the pride of Jacob whom he loves God has gone out with a shout the Lord with the sound of the trumpet it says sing praises to God sing praises sing praises to our king sing praises for God is the king of all the earth, sing praises with the psalm. You know, technically, the songs that we sing, we would call them modern-day psalms. Yeah. These are psalms that are overflow of our hearts, of our thanksgiving and our worship to God. It says, God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. And the princes of people gather as people of God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. We've come together in his name today to highly exalt him on the first day of the week. And basically what you're saying is, I'm dedicating the rest of my week today with praise and worship unto God. Amen. That he will be with me even this week, even if my week ends up being a tough week. You know that? That God never leaves you. He doesn't forsake you. He's right with you. So we commemorate that today in our praise and our worship to him. Amen. So, Lord Jesus, be with us this morning. Let's, let's all open with a prayer this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, inhabit the praises of this people. Lord, we know that you're with us, and you're going to respond to us, Lord. You're not a distant God. You've been very personal with us. I ask this morning in all ways and in everything, Lord, that, that what we do, we glorify you. So, Jesus, be here with us. Holy Spirit, come in a tangible way. 
We worship you and we praise you this morning for your glory, your name, in Jesus' name, amen.
so true you know a lot of people deal with things that have a strong hold on you that maybe it's been something you've been dealing with you've been fighting with and just you've been struggling it may be internally it may be externally whatever it is I believe that Jesus can set you free there's power in his name now it's not just the name but it's the name of him it's him it, the name brings who he is amen so just for a moment here and, and by the way here's what i know if you've had something in your life that you consider strong it's got a strong hold on you i promise you you've taken this to jesus a lot i mean know what i'm talking about but yet you find yourself in a struggle maybe you feel shame and listen to me it's like the persistent widow constantly going back to the judge. I'm going to keep coming. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let this have victory over me. Amen. So how about one more time this morning? Because I believe the power of Jesus can do anything. And I believe that he can touch you. He can change you. It, maybe it's a freedom today, but maybe it's another two steps towards that freedom, whatever it is. But I believe Jesus can do what only he can do this morning. So if that's you, and how about everybody just, just for a moment, just worship. But if that's you, one more time today, lift it back up to him. Lord Jesus, you know of our struggles. Nothing is, is hidden from you. Lord, you know of the things that we deal with. Nothing is hidden from you. But I pray in your mercy and your grace and your understanding and in your power, 
you help each one of us today. That you touch us right in these things, Lord. You touch us. You begin to heal us, set us free. For the strongholds of the mind, the strongholds of the heart, for the strongholds that we deal with, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that your power, backed by your authority, touches us today. That we find freedom in you. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you, you haven't given up on us. You, you've known all along, but you have not quit on us. You haven't given up on us because you know that we can find freedom in you. And I pray for each one of us the tenacity to see it through. That we don't let go, we don't give up, we don't settle in as it to some sort of a normal. But in you we find life. In Jesus' name. In the power of the name of Jesus. We thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody just raise your hands up and thank him. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for touching us, for being with us, for helping us, for leading us, for guiding us. We thank you for seeing us through. You will complete the good work that has been begun in us, and we thank you for that. And I praise you, Jesus. I worship you in that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Strong. 
Amen. He is so good. There is no darkness that can withstand the light. Hallelujah.
me sacrifice Strong enough to save Story. I'll testify by 
Jesus Christ the righteous, I'm justified. This is my testimony. Oh, I'm alive. This is my testimony from dead to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. 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 You are my testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. He is so good. Amen. He is our testimony. Well, we're so glad to have you here with us. If you would like to just go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. Amen. Give everybody a second as they're taking their kids down to kids' church, getting them uh, checked in. Again, live streamers, it's good to have you this morning. So wherever you're watching from, welcome. Glad you're with us today. Amen. How many of y'all are enjoying the 80-degree weather? Anybody? Did you know it's supposed to be 49 degrees Wednesday? Just thought I'd just let you know that. I'm sorry, breaking the news to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. I didn't, it's not my fault. All right, tithe and offering. If you have something to give, you can uh, prepare that. There are offering envelopes in the chair in front of you. 
Um, if not, if there's not one, wave your hand around. One of our ushers will help you out. But we are glad you're with us this Sunday morning. And um, as we give today, our giving, uh, you, so kind of like this, we, we, we always, almost always start our services off with praise and worship. And then, then we have a small time of, of fellowship in the name of Jesus, right? And our giving is a continuation of our worship that we just had a couple moments ago, that uh, the Bible says that the tithe is holy unto God. So this is an act of reverence as we give, and uh, it's, it's just simply standing in the things that God has said according to who he is and, and what that means for us. As the tithe is holy, that means when we give, it's an act of worship. Because whether or not you understand it, uh, our worship is an act of holiness because it's, it's part of what sets us apart of a holy people unto God. Do you know that? So when we come together and we worship together, it is one way that we're saying we are a people that are separated for him. And giving is of the same thing. That we do these things because he is God and we simply believe and are seeking to live a life that is guided by him and led by him and in the wisdom of who he is. Amen? So as you give this morning, we're just, it's just another act of worship together. And one of the wonderful things about church is that we're together. You know that? We learn together. And, and the togetherness of the church is the unity of the church that God has established, though he's not looking. So Israel was a promised people that went to a promised land that was actually marked out by physical borders. God's not seeking that anymore. You know that? It's for whoever would believe in this world as part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has no boundary. It is where everybody who believes is. So the importance of the gathering of the, of the people of God and the things that we do when together in worship and our giving and our fellowship is marking us out as a kingdom of God that has no boundary. Amen? So, as we give today, we're living in that. Lord, I thank you to be able to come to your house to, to worship, to, to give today, Lord, and I pray blessings on everybody in the house and, and for those that may be in some financial struggle, we do pray blessing upon them that you make a way where there seems to be no way. Open doors, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that everybody uh, here today is living in your provision and that as we are being freely given to you by you, you're teaching us to be those who freely give also. And we stand in that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody says amen, amen. So if you have something this morning, you may bring it down. A couple of uh, uh, quick announcement. Today, 5 p.m. is Joy Fellowship. How many of y'all love Joy Fellowship? Anybody? Yeah, if you don't know what Joy Fellowship is, let me tell you. It's, uh, it's one of our small groups that happens at church. It is for ages 55 and up, but they will tell you it's for anybody. So if you want to come hang out, uh, do so. And, and they meet downstairs in the corner uh, of our basement. And 5 p.m., it's a carry-in. They bring food. They, they talk about scripture. They fellowship. And if, if it's brand new to you and you didn't know that, come on out and don't bring anything. That's fine, too. So if you have questions about that, Bill and Patsy are right there. Wave your hand around, Bill and Patsy. Okay, that's who you see about that. Um, let's see. This Wednesday is uh, youth hangout night. So uh, 5th to 12th grade, uh, during church this Wednesday, our young people get together. They have their own time. So if you have questions about that, uh, where's Josh? He's back in the back. So Josh is waving his hand around. You can see him about that. 
um, by the way, there's still spots available for our kids' church team, and we're expanding our team. So if you're interested in jumping on and helping out with our kids' church, which happens every service that we're together, uh, please let me know or see Kenzie. She's actually leading class today, so uh, you can find her. Uh, let's see. And Mike, where's Mike? Mike has an announcement from the Sycamore House. So go ahead and just, just let him know here. And what, tell, tell them about, how many know, don't know what the Sycamore House does? Anybody? Oh, one, so you're going to have to explain because Joseph didn't know. What is the Sycamore House? Let him know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what the Sycamore House does, it supports um, uh, mothers with children and fathers with children. Um, like we've been guided to support the Good. And, if, and if Mike sits on the board at Sycamore House, by the way, if you didn't know that. And we do, as a church, we do a, a monthly financial donation to the Sycamore House, if you didn't know that. And we're about uh, ready to start a monthly uh, financial donation to the, the Caring Kitchen in town, too. Just so you know that we like to support uh, ministries in town that are doing a good work that we don't do but we want to support them. So just, you know, every month we, we have a donation that goes to Sycamore House. It just comes straight out, and we're going to start one with the Karen Kitchen, too, so you're aware of that. Anyhow, having said that, if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open up to the book of Acts, chapter number one. Uh, we're going to, I think for the next two weeks, I want to talk to you about the ascension of Jesus. So obviously last week was Easter, and, and we had our resurrection celebration that Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen? All right, just make sure we're still awake this morning. If your neighbor's kind of dozing, give them some elbows, you're allowed to do that too, right? Make sure they're alive this morning. Um, so it's kind of like this. Um, we know, and, and we're going to actually bring this up a little bit next week, that when Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit was sent into the world and is doing the work of the kingdom in the world. He convicts the world in regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. He's at work in the believer. So the Holy Spirit is, is entirely active in our world. But often we wonder, well, what in the world is Jesus doing? I mean, I mean so if, if the Holy Spirit is doing all the legwork, is Jesus just kind of hanging out in heaven, you know, waiting for, for, for the, the sign to say, hey, go back and, and, and return again and gather the people. What is Jesus doing? So I want to talk about that over the next couple of weeks because it's important that you understand what he's up to and how it affects you. But Acts chapter 1, verse number 6. And this is obviously after the resurrection. Jesus uh, appeared to many people, did many things, but it was time for him to leave. So Acts chapter 1, verse number 6 says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now see, notice that even at this time, they're thinking about what restoration is in this world was still located in Israel. They haven't caught yet the entirety of what the kingdom of God is about, what we were just talking about. That is for all people. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, when he is to return and bring the finality of the kingdom. 
But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, now we know if, if we were to keep reading Acts chapter 2, this is coming with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and all the things that happened with that is the fulfillment of what we just read. So one thing we want to say here real quick, kind of a little rabbit trail, but let me just say this. He said again in verse 7, let's go back there. He said, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, when he returns. But you will receive power and be my witnesses. Now, here's, here's something to always remember. While we are waiting for Jesus to come back, one of the primary works of the Christian life is be the witness in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So I often have people, what am I supposed to do? Well, I know one thing you're supposed to do. Witness. And you witness by, by your life, uh, the, the fruit of God or the fruit of the kingdom, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is growing from your life, to witness by the words and the sharing of the gospel. But we are to be people who are a witness in a world until he comes again. Amen. And when he had said these things, and, and, and by the way, and we can see the accounts in the gospels, this is one of the last things that he said to them. Now you think about this. If you're going to put importance on the things that Jesus said, and it's heavy weight, heavy importance on everything that he said, but the last thing that he tells them before he ascends is, be my witness. Let's put some weight on that. Be my witness. That's the work of the kingdom. So, so you can think about somebody you, you hold in high esteem, somebody you consider uh, uh, in wisdom, somebody that, that you think is that you're giving your life to, and they're going to go somewhere, and the very last thing they say to you, let me just tell you one more thing before I go. You know what I mean? You're going to hold that in your heart. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to hold that close. You're going to think about it. You're going to ponder it, and if it's something that you're asked to do, you're going to do it. The last thing he says is, be my witness. Now, right after that, then, here's what happens. Verse 9, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. This is a wonder. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and, and we can assume these are angels, and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the heavens? This Jesus who is taken uh, up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And there's the ascension of Jesus. So Jesus is talking to them, and all of a sudden, after he's saying about being a witness and all these different things, he, he just is taken from them. And, and they're, they're kind of standing there looking around like, wow, what just happened? Where'd he go? And then some angels come, and angels do some clarification. He was taken from you, but just, but just know... He's going to come back again in the same way. Amen. And we believe. For Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. So at the end of his earthly ministry, the one who was the incarnated God in flesh ascended into heaven. In other words, Jesus literally left the earth physically. He literally ascended. Body ascended. Now, he was taken in such a manner that those who were with him and those that followed him, 
there was no question left about what just happened to him. It wasn't like, man, where'd Jesus go? Did he go back down to Galilee? Is he over at the market somewhere? Is he, is he, is he talking to another group of people? It left no doubt that Jesus ascended as witnessed by the angels. See, this marks the end of the resurrection appearances to the people that knew Jesus. And, and begin, here's a technical term. It begins what is called the session of Jesus, which is at the right hand of the Father. So where is Jesus now? Let, let's talk about that for a moment. So Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 34. And, and this is a, a verse we'll come back to like two or three times today probably. Romans chapter 8, verse number 34. says this, and who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but more than that, who was raised. Now watch this. Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is doing what for us? Interceding for us. So where is Jesus? Jesus is at the right hand of God. Let's do a, a, another verse, another passage to confirm this. So First Peter. Chapter number three. Just trying to establish a couple of things before we talk about what some of this means. First Peter chapter number three and verse number twenty-one. There we go. It help if I'm in first Peter and not James. All right, there we go. Kind of picking up mid-thought with, with Peter here. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for, the good, for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. This is what we wanted to get here for. Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Now watch this. With angels and authorities and powers having been subjected to him. Okay, let's just do one more. I know we're just establishing things. One more. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 18. There are some different places that we find this in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 18. And pick it up mid-sentence with Paul here. And having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of a glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward those of us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, again, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places." Far above our rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only this age and also the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So several places we find this in the Bible. Uh, by the way, as, as we're going on here, I encourage you sometime to read the book of Hebrews if you haven't. It, it establishes some different things we're talking about today. So Jesus ascended. Now where is Jesus? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. 
That is very symbolic of the fact that he sits in power. He sits in authority. Jesus is exalted to the right hand of God and invested with all divine authority. That's where he sits. So in other words, all things are under him. Jesus is reigning with God. And remember, we talked about this at the end of our Revelation series on Wednesdays. Jesus is reigning with God, and Jesus is in control of the affairs of the universe. Now, obviously, with the cross and the resurrection, Jesus is the key in redemption of man being reconciled to God, which is forgiveness, salvation, right relationship. And he, this is constantly playing out. So the work of Jesus is not done. The cross is done. The sacrifice is done. But the mediation of God and man is a continual work. So in other words, we confess that Jesus is Lord, and he is. Amen. The Bible says that every knee will bow and acknowledge this. All things are under him at the right hand of the Father. He is in authority. So, so what does this mean? How do I... I, I Apply this. Now watch this. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? So Jesus at the right hand of the Father with all authorities and powers and everything underneath him, that means greater is the one that is in you than the one that is in this world. And when we stand in confidence in that, Greater is he that is in you than a principality or power in this world. The work of the devil is not greater than Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than anything that sin can do to me because he redeems me. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than a struggle I face. Amen. Why? Because he's at the right hand of Father, power, authority. And all, listen, all things are subject to him see that so that means who you have and the family that you are a part of there is nothing in this world that is greater than him so Wednesdays Wednesdays we're talking about words last Wednesday we brought up faith-filled words there is no mountain too big that the authority of Jesus cannot take care of right there is no bully too big on the corner of the block that's too big for the authority of Jesus, whether it's seen or unseen. Amen. We live in the authority and the power of God because greater is he that is in me than anything I can face in this world. So what do we find? You've got to find some confidence in that. So during worship, ask, how many of y'all had struggles with something this week? And listen to me. Listen. There's nothing in this world that's greater than Jesus. Authority and power is underneath him. He's invested with the authority and power of God. Amen. So when you pray in the name of Jesus, what are you doing? You're invoking that authority and power in the name of Jesus. Therefore, there is nothing greater than what you invoke in prayer in the name of Jesus. Nothing greater. So this week, if you find yourself in a mess, at some point, take a step back and say, this 
is not greater than Jesus. Then step back into the mess. You see what I'm saying? You find yourself with a struggle. Step back from your struggle. This struggle is not greater than Jesus. Then step back into the struggle, right? You find yourself dealing with that stronghold again. You step back. This stronghold is not greater than Jesus. And you step back in, and we war and we wage. Amen. Greater is he that is in me, because he sits at the right hand of the Father in all authority and power. Now, a couple things I want to talk about that goes with this. See, if you read the book of Hebrews, and we'll, we'll go to a scripture there in just a minute. One of the things it does, it, it, it constantly affirms in this book, this writing, that Jesus is greater than, okay? That, that's kind of one of the themes of the book of Hebrews. Jesus is greater than. And what we discover in the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is the great high priest. He is greater than any high priest in the sacrificial system that came before him. Jesus is the great high priest, okay? And one of the things that we find that Jesus is the great high priest is that he is the continued mediator and he is the continued intercessor. So let me talk about that for a minute and what that means. So a mediator is one that goes between, resolves conflict, um, one that brings resolution. Now, remember, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody can come to the Father except by him, right? John 14, 6. That means that Jesus is the mediator between man and God. You see what I'm getting at? You cannot get to God in fullness without coming through the work of Jesus on the cross and the forgiveness of your sins. He is the great high priest in that case. So Jesus mediates man and God, bringing reconciliation. It's not because God is angry and hates us and, and, and is just so wrathful he's not loved. He is love, and in his love, he sent Jesus to be the mediator. You see what I'm getting at? So Jesus is our mediator, and one of the things that he consistently does is, at the right hand of the Father, he is always the mediator for man and God. So Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go there. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 19. It says, Therefore, brothers... Watch this word here. Since we have confidence. Everybody say confidence. Since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new living way he, he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have the great high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, let us draw near to God. Listen, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to our confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now, if you know the, uh, some of the sacrificial things of the Old Testament, so you, so you had the temple, and eventually you get to the most holy place, and the most holy place would be guarded by a thick curtain. And there was only the great high, the high priest was able to enter there. Not, not everybody could just waltz in and say, hey, I'm going to go into the ark and just, 
If you did, it would not have been good for you, okay? So only limited access to the presence of God in the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. So remember the story when Jesus is on the cross, and one of the gospels says that when Jesus died, the curtain in the temple ripped in two. It was, it was an absolute wonder and a miracle because that was a thick curtain. And at, at the death of Jesus with the earthquakes and all the different things that were happening, this curtain was ripped in two, very symbolic now because it's not just limited access to God in his presence. It's for everyone who would believe. That's what the mediator does for us. He's in constant mediation saying this. Everybody is welcome. Everybody has full access to the presence of God if you simply enter in and believe. So not to overcomplicate this, but the work of Jesus on the cross restoring our relationship with God is the work of the mediator. And Jesus now sits at the right hand in consistent mediation because we have confidence that we are accepted by God in right standing and access to his presence and the benefits of being his children. Amen. So what Jesus is doing is he's constantly offering us access to God. He is the way to the Father. And that we have confidence that we can go. See, do you believe that by praying and by worshiping and talking that you have access to God in his presence. Do you believe that? I hope you do. Because God is our what? He's our father. Who denies access to their children? Not a good father. I love this, this quote by um, Tim Keller. He says, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. But that's the kind of access we have. It don't matter when, how, why, how many times, it don't matter your situation, we have access to God to be able to come in full confidence that he receives us and he's all ears. That's the kind of God that we serve. Now, this kind of pushes back against some things. This pushes back against your shame. I'm not worthy to come. This pushes back against condemnation for your past. Again, I'm not worthy to access his presence. This pushes back against maybe God doesn't really accept me, or maybe God really didn't forgive me. Am I really his child in fullness? This pushes back against all of that. If you have asked for the forgiveness of your sins, there is no shame. If you stand in the work of Jesus on the cross as your mediator, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you have ever made a mistake and then you go to pray the next time you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. How many know what I'm talking about? You're just like, oh, man. Especially if it's something that, that you know, is a catch in your life a little bit. You're just like, oh, I don't know if he's going to listen to me today. And we, we hang, we, what do we do? We hang our head in shame, and we kind of walk away. Do you remember the, the, the parable of, of the Pharisee and the sinner, tax collector? The Pharisee goes in with all this confidence because he ties, he does the religious stuff, you know, and, and, and all his, his prayer was boastful, it was about himself. Look at me, I'm so great, I'm so wonderful. 
And yet, yet you had the sinner far off. He wouldn't even look up. He wouldn't even look up, but, but knew his standing, but still cried out to God. And Jesus said, who was justified? It was the one that didn't feel worthy, but still came. In the moments that you feel, I want to say less worthy. What's the word that would go there? Not so worthy. There, there you go. We'll take one of the ones you said. Anyways, because I didn't understand any of it. All right, so um, at the moment you feel your worst, go to him with confidence because Jesus is at the right hand mediating. He's the way to the Father. And you come in, you come in the work of Jesus on the cross. That while hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You, you know, often we, we sin. We sin not really fully understanding the big picture of our sin. You know what I'm talking about? We know not what we do so often. Still come to him. Come with confidence that he is your father and will receive you. Amen. Here's the second thing that happens. It's, it's the intercession. So go back to... Well, let me go back to Romans chapter 8, where we were a little bit ago. Romans chapter 8, and back to verse number 34. So again, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who is raised who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Well, what is intercession? Intercession is deep prayer, longing prayer, a prayer uh, of standing in the gap, right? Jesus is constantly not only our mediator, but he's also constantly interceding for us. Now watch what happens because of that. Now who shall separate us from the love of God? It's our tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But knowing all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors. And we're conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We are conquerors in this world because of the intercession of Jesus at the right hand of the Father for us. See, John chapter 17 has this wonderful prayer of Jesus praying for those that would believe in his followers before uh, the crucifixion. The intercession is a continual work of those prayers. One more passage, and we'll close up. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's go back to the book of Hebrews. Again, I encourage you at some point to read the entire, the entire book. It has so many things about what we're talking about. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 22. Again, picking up mid-thought here. It says, and this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. See, the former priest were many in number because they were prevented uh, by death from continuing in office. But he, Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost. You, you see that? 
that word there, the uttermost. He is able to save to the uttermost. I, I knew a guy, he passed away, uh, I think, two years ago. His name was Ron Larry. Ron was, was his, his former life, I, I believe, gangs and drugs. and even, He had his testimony. He, he said, uh, from the guttermost to the uttermost, and he'd tell his testimony. The way he was, God was able to save him to the uttermost of the entire being, right down to the nooks and crannies of your life, right down to the dark corners where there seems to be cobwebs and skeletons, all this different stuff. Jesus can get in there and save you to the uttermost. Amen. And it says, to the uttermost who draw near to God through him, again, the mediator, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like the high priest, to offer sacrifice daily, for, first for his own sins, and then those of the people. Since he did this once and for all, he, when he offered up himself. For the law appoints men in their weakness as high priest, but the word... But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has made a priest forever. In chapter 8. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord has set up, not man. Jesus is consistently interceding for us as our minister. That means when you pray in the name of Jesus, he's the mediator, God hears your prayer. It is the working Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that communion they have, and we're drawn into it by Jesus as our intercessor. So I have assurance, you have assurance, that in the name of Jesus, our prayers are heard. Amen. So we have confidence today. I want you to have confidence. First of all, that again, there's nothing in this world that you can face that is greater than Jesus himself. Because he sits in authority and power with all things under his feet. That's very symbolic, by the way. When you walk... You step on everything that's under your feet. Is that right? You walk on the ground. You're walking on top of, right? So when I climb a mountain, I get up high on a mountain, that thing's still under my feet. You know that? I'm walking on top of that mountain. That's why Jesus walking in the water is very symbolic. There was nothing, nothing, even in the created order, that's not under his feet. He walks on water. And then he, then he invites Peter out to do it with him. Say, hey, come on. And Peter, like, he bald, he gets out. He's doing good. Oh, wait. He doubts, and psh, there he goes. But did Peter walk on water for a moment? Uh-huh. There's nothing that is not under the feet of Jesus. And then with that, that power and authority that he's invested with, we pray in the name of Jesus. He then mediates, intercedes for us. In other words, with the work of the Holy Spirit. So when we say, greater is he that is in you, is Jesus in you? Technically, yes, but it's the Holy Spirit. 
And it's the working Father, Son, Holy Spirit together. Greater is he that is in me. I am never left without the authority and the power of Jesus in my life. Because he's constantly mediating, constantly interceding. He's my minister, even to this day. His work on the cross was once and done, but his work continues on for each one of us. And the activity of the Holy Spirit in the world is where it's happening. Amen. So be confident. Don't carry condemnation. Get in the presence of God. You had a good day, be there. You had a bad day, be there. You made a mistake, be there. Don't not be with him because it's shame, failures, mistakes. Amen. We have full access. And I love, love the word confidence. We have confidence to go, confidence to be with him. This is the God of the universe, my goodness. This is the God who speaks things into existence. And he says, hey, come on, come be with me. Don't be set. Why did Jesus come so we would not be separated from him? Then why would you not take advantage of that? Reconciliation is right standing with God again. Right access to relationship. Don't take it for granted. Have confidence. To, you know, I, there, there are people, I hear some people pray. They pray, Abba, Father. They grab that, Abba, they, they pray, Daddy, God. You're allowed to do that. You know that. He's your father. Amen. You want to be that intimate in your word and do it. Right? Daddy, God, you're my father, and I worship you. And, 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 and then what do you need? What's going on? Spend time with him. You know, my dad, my dad uh, they live eight hours from here. So I, I get to see him a, maybe at best a couple times a year. My dad and my mom. But to be with your father in his presence, in the same room, you know what I'm saying? To be with him. You have that access with God wherever you are. You're not like me. You don't have to travel eight hours to get there. You don't got to put gas in your car, and, and like Margaret likes to stop, I don't. I try to go as far as I can until she makes me stop. I just go, right? And, and then we, we bust through fast food. I know it's not good, but I don't want to stop, so I'm going, right? Then, then we get to the Pennsylvania Turnpike, which now costs like 30-some bucks to go more than that. It's crazy. Paying toll. All, all, you don't have to do any of that stuff. You simply say, Lord Jesus, Father God, we have confidence to access him. Amen? So let's do that. Let us live a life saturated with the presence of God. Lord, Lord, we thank you that we have full access to you. Jesus, thank you for being our mediator, our intercessor. Holy Spirit, work in us. I pray we live a life, Lord, that is so full of who you are, so, so walking in your presence that we are never lost to the idea that you are with us and you will never forsake us. Lord, help us each day. Help us live each day knowing that we will never, ever, ever face anything bigger than you. I, tell you, I pray a daily reminder, Holy Spirit, convict us, a daily reminder of the power and the majesty and the wonder of who you are. Lord, help us today to live in you and to live by you and to live for you in all things. In Jesus' name.
We all pray. Amen. Amen. If you would like prayer this morning, whatever it is, please come forward. I'd love to pray with you before you go. If not Wednesday night, we'll keep on talking about words, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Be blessed as you go.